This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 KYNO. Well, good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's most informative real estate talk show. This hour is being brought to you by the Fresno Association of Realtors. And the goal that we have is to provide our our listeners some really good information about the local real estate market. What's happening in New Jersey may be different than here. And I'm not just talking about the weather, but it could be real estate also. So um, in the beauty of the Fresno Association of Realtors uh, sponsoring this is that we have access to quite a few people guests that can come on and today we got a really good one and I happen to have known him since the day he, he started in real estate and that's Rick Tomasello the general manager at Realty Concepts. Hey thank you Don thanks for uh, asking me to be here this morning. Gotta ask you this so that very first day that you started in real estate uh -oh. did you think you would be here on the radio? Well you know what it's funny it's funny that you asked that uh, year one in real estate, you actually asked me to be on this show within, I'm going to say maybe three, four months of me getting my license. And the topic was, uh, Hey, how are you doing being as a brand new agent in, in the industry? Uh, it was a great show in, in my opinion, but then, you know, guess what happened listeners? He didn't ask me to come back on until about six years later. So <laughs> here we are today. Uh, well, my defense to that is I don't coordinate the uh, <laughs> the guests. Uh, All right, I you know what I do remember that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but uh, always a pleasure being here, and uh, you know the amount of of things that have changed over the years from when I started my career 15 years ago to today. Uh, you, you know, going through the different real estate cycles and. Uh, it, it's, I, I feel like I'm much better prepared today to comment on the market than I was way back then. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so what in, in these 15 years, let's see, that would have been 2008. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you picked a good year to start. Um, what have been the biggest, what have been the biggest changes that you've seen? Uh, well, back then it was a polar opposite uh, market than what we're in today, right? It was foreclosure central out there. Uh, nobody was buying real estate. In fact, the uh, government was offering uh, tax credits, first-time homebuyer tax credits to incentivize buyers to purchase real estate. Today, a oh, complete polar opposite, right? And well, we'll get into the stats here in a little bit, I'm sure. But uh, inventory is down. Many buyers are still buying. It's uh, so a, a lot has changed, just as real estate markets uh, always have and, and always will continue to be mm -hmm. cyclical. And, and so you said inventory is down now. How was inventory in 2008? Oh, gosh, we had almost nine months supply of inventory back then. So and, and comparatively now it's how many? Now months? we're uh, a little under two. Uh, uh, I would say around two, two months, two, two okay, and a half. And, then, and yeah. it was nine. So almost five times as much inventory. Exactly. That's what a real estate crash looks like is when every single other house on a street is in either in foreclosure or trying to do a short sale. And if I could 
add to that too, because I was around back then. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a difference in the inventory because in 2008, the banks, the asset managers didn't know how to take care of a home. Right. Here they were in Dallas, Texas, and they didn't know if the lawn needed to be mowed or not mowed. And it, so the inventory looked bad. It was in bad shape. It didn't always comply with um, uh, code. Right. I remember one where the new lender during the escrow said you have to put a shower head on as a condition of the loan and cap off some hanging wires. Mm-hmm. And the asset manager said, no, I'm selling this as is. <laughs> and they put me down, yeah. made me feel belittled for not knowing what those four letters mean, as is. Well, I just went and put a shower head in and capped off the wires. Yeah, there you go. And, uh, you had got, to do it. Got you, it done. You had to do it. Otherwise, uh, no buyer would have been able to finance that home. Right. Yeah. It would yeah. have had to go to a cash buyer, which means the pool of buyers was less. Therefore, you're going to have lower prices. Those asset managers didn't know what that they were actually the ones driving values down. Yeah, and, and what they did, they really did it the wrong way. The wrong way, it, you know. In in hindsight, you know, with all those foreclosures, they put all they dumped all of that inventory on the market all at one time. Our inventory went through the roof, mm-hmm. which which made prices plummet. Uh, and the Safi buyers who were out there at the time who ended up buying when most people weren't. Well, re- reap the benefits. Yeah, yeah. All right, so times have changed. And, um, and the reason the banks had so many, so much inventory to release at one time yeah. is because one of the most popular loans out there at the time had balloon payments. Yep. So all of a sudden in 2008, boom, all these, well, well in fact, 2006 is when five and six is when most of those balloon payment type loans were made right which meant in 2008 and nine is when they came due right and people all maybe they owed three hundred thousand on the home yeah they couldn't refinance because the bank just sold a beat up old foreclosure for 200 down the street so they couldn't get the appraisal yeah right and you we saw a lot a lot of bad things a lot of bad practices in the lending industry way back then you know buyers buyers were getting qualified just using stated income um you know a lot of bad loans were made uh back then and i'm very happy to say those corrections have been made since then uh, all the loans that are being made since then through today, uh, our buyers are very well, well qualified. It, you know, just like I'm sure a lot of your listeners have probably gone through a purchase here within the last, uh, you know, decade. I would say uh, that pr- the process of getting pre-approved and, and um, you know, providing all your financial documents, it, it, it's rigorous. It, it's rigorous and, and probably right and rightfully so uh, to avoid that foreclosure disaster that we saw back then. Yeah. And the way I like to put it to my clients is let them know that, hey, if you were going to lend somebody a quarter of a million dollars, wouldn't you want to know every little detail? Absolutely. So give give that lender all those little details. All right. Um, 
Very good. I'm going to throw some statistics out there now yeah. and get your take on it because I know you're one of those daily guys. You're, you're in the market I'm daily. In I'm in it. Um, I'm going to start off with the year 2020. Okay. And I'm going to give the first three quarters of the year, so January through the end of September. Okay. Um, there were 6,200 sales in 2020. Um it, for Fresno County of single family residences, 6,200. And that even included a time period where we weren't allowed to go out and show houses. Right. Well, the next year, um, 7,000. Mm-hmm. So it actually went up 6,200 to 7,000. Mm-hmm. Last year, that number dropped to 6,350. Okay. This year, it's dropped 25% all the way down to 4,800. Yeah. So why are there fewer sales now than during the COVID period? Well, it's all inventory driven. You know, it's all inventory. You know, the buyers are still out there, believe it or not. Um, You know, despite, and we'll get into interest rates here in a little bit, but what we've really seen is the increase in interest rates is is preventing or prohibiting um, sellers from putting their homes on the market for sale, right? So, so ultimately, buyers have far less to choose from uh, today than, than they have in a long time. So, um, you know, it, it's basically all, why sales have dropped, all inventory driven. Okay, and, and here's where that makes sense. So uh, somebody told me a long time ago, there's, there's four cylinders that drive buyers that uh, or and that would be first time home buyers mm-hmm. move up buyers mm-hmm. um relocation people mm-hmm. and then investors so first time home buyers there are still people that qualify even with rates being higher than they were a year ago oh absolutely but what you're talking about is one of those cylinders the move-up buyer might be reluctant. Yeah, you you know, that move-up buyer, the home that they own right now, they probably have, you know, they might have as low as a 2.5% interest rate, right? So those sellers and buyers are thinking, well, why am I going to sell my house at my 2.5% interest rate and move into a new house and I'm going to have, you know, around a 7.5% interest rate? You know, those strokes are, are a lot higher. Um, you know, we, we can get into some details as why those, those consumers might not be looking at the entire picture because you know what the, the good thing is for those people is the home that they already have. There's a good chance that they have quite a bit of equity in that home already. So that's going to allow them to put more money down on the replacement, which means that they are going to be less affected by the higher interest rate than the buyer who's just putting down the minimum down payment. Um, mm-hmm. So looking at the big picture, hey, you you probably don't have to borrow as much as that first time home buyer because you did the best thing that you possibly could have and you bought a long time ago, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's that's why I always tell, you know, all my clients, I'll, I'll everyone who's interested in real estate, you know when the best time to purchase real estate is? Yesterday. Yesterday. 
right? If you look at the history of real estate, you know, in this country, in the world, right? Real estate has always appreciated, right? Yeah, we, we have had our little, our, our dips and our valleys, but every time we do have a little valley in, in price, it does not take long to jump right back up to where we were and continue to appreciate. And I'm gonna say that's because a home is something that will always be appreciated and needed. So we're gonna get, get more into the, uh, comparing these four years yeah. uh, when we get back from our commercial break. So stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 KYNO. I'm proud of the house we built. It's stronger than sticks, stones, and steel. It's not a big place sitting up house. Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. And here in the studio today, we have Rick Tomasello, who is not only the general manager of Realty Concepts, but also the chairperson this year for the Fresno Multiple Listing Service. That's correct. Oh man, you had a r- real chore two months ago. Uh, trying, uh, trying few weeks there for uh, for a little bit. But tell think, us, think, tell our listeners what happened okay. two, two months ago. Okay, so our MLS was actually shut down for you know a few weeks a couple of months ago. Uh, due to a, 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 a data breach and hack, one of our servers, well, not Fresno servers, but this was a company that runs our MLS. It's based out of the East Coast. Their servers were hacked. Our data ended up being um, hijacked and, and, well, held for ransom. Um, so ultimately, over a challenging few weeks there, I mean, we had no MLS. Right. So, you know, people could not list their home for sale or when they did, you you definitely did not get the exposure that uh, all sellers are hoping to have. Buyers had a very difficult time seeing or knowing what was on the industry uh, on the market. Um, but we, we developed a couple of um, uh, 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 ways of listing and property. It was it was remedial. Yes, but it did make do. And thank goodness, after those uh, few weeks, we got back live. Yeah, the, the good old remedial days. I, f- I felt comfortable yeah. <laughs> going back to the old days where you make a phone call saying, hey, tell me about your listing. Exactly. You know, I what? saw a sign out in front of the house. It did, it did get realtors talking to each other a whole heck of a lot more. Uh, yeah. You know, fewer, fewer uh, text messages and all that and more. Uh, you know, voice to voice, you know, communicating on, hey, what, what are you working on? What do you have coming on the market? What sort of buyers you got? Yeah. Yeah. I heard a good one during that period of time that um, the homes are still there. Uh, the streets are still there. It, you just don't have a GPS to, to make it easier. So yeah. now you got to look outside the windshield to see where the homes are for sale. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, you know, we got to remember, you know, before the internet, property was still bought and sold, you know. Uh, Realtors used to have these things called books, okay, and binders that had all the listings put in them. That's basically essentially what we had, although it was a digital format. Uh, that that was something that far Fresno Association Realtors was able to to produce and and keep track of. Well, 
all of our members did have the ability of posting their listings for all of our members uh, to, to see. Just the information was limited, which promoted more more phone conversations. Yeah. I remember back in the late 90s when the computer-generated MLS was coming out, and we were going to make that transition from the books. Yeah. And uh, I was telling this guy, oh, man, this is going to be great, you know, having it at your fingertips on a computer he goes nah the book's still faster i said no way he goes all right find the best four bedroom in the hoover high district i got on the computer and before i could get there boom 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 he flipped a few pages and he goes here it is (laughs) he told and then we tried it again he totally beat me every time but you know he was one of those organized people he knew how to use that book yeah yeah and i'm sure you're computer proficiency has 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 increased since then too i'm sure don i should have seen myself (laughs) stepping into that one you teed that one up (laughs) all right so let me give you another stat we we talked about how the number of sales has has uh gone down considerably Yeah. yeah um and who does that affect the most when the sales go down well when the sales go down, does it affect the consumer, the homeowner? No, not really. Not not, not really. Uh, you know, because basically when sales go down, you know, uh, it, it just means, and, and again, it's all based off of, you know, going back to that inventory, right? There's just not enough properties to uh, for buyers to consume. But you know what that helps on is it helps stabilize price, right? That, that's why I believe you've got some stats in front of you where we see uh, price has been flat over this last year, right? Yeah. In fact, uh, so I'm glad you brought that up. So the median selling price for the first three quarters of this year mm-hmm. is 400000 The median sales price for the same period the year before was four hundred and one thousand five hundred. Right. So somebody, if that's a crash, what is that? Um, <laughs> a third of a percent? Yeah. Right. Nothing flat. Uh, yeah, flat is the right word. Um, the, these people that were predicting a crash, I'm gonna say, well, so far you're wrong. However, um. The year before that, in 2021, mm-hmm. the median sold price was 355000 Look at that. Yeah. How about in 2020? 300000 Wow. Look at the appreciation that we had in just three years there, right? I mean, we go from 300000 all the way up to 400000 in just a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, and if you go back even older in time in, in that, what you'll see is you know steady increasing yeah again you might have little dips like way back there in 2008 where we had a dip but even when it dips you'll notice it takes not a long period of time less than a decade you know and then it was probably closer to five years where we completely rebounded to where we were previously so um you know it as a realtor, we are real big believers that home ownership is the only tried and true way to generate generational wealth, right? 
Um, the sooner you can buy real property, absolutely the better. Buy it, hold on to it, watch what it's worth 10 years from now, 20 years mm -hmm. from now, 30 years from now. So it's not short term, like you might buy something and within six months or a year, the value went down. Yeah. And I do believe that's holding some people back right now, fear. Mm. And we'll talk about that later. But, um, you know, if you're doing it long term, it doesn't it'll correct itself. And it goes back down to what's your what's your goal? What are you trying to accomplish? Right. Um, you know, that's why it's important of coming up with a game plan of figuring out what goals you have that you that you're looking to achieve and what's the best way of achieving that goal because str different strategies can be put in, into place here you know i'm not advising every buyer the same way because different buyers want to purchase real estate for literally a million different reasons um but i would say over the long run the best thing you can do is is buy real property yesterday i remember back in I think it was 91, mm -hmm. bought a home, and my mother said, hey, you paid too much. Of course. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh -huh. That's that typical Italian mother. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, and within two or three years, she was right. Values did go down. I think it went from 200 down to 170. Uh, but you know what? I was thinking it doesn't matter because we're not selling. We got a place to live. Right. A place to raise a family. Right. Um, a few years after that, values went up to 200, 300, yeah. even hit 400,000. See, after 22 years, we sold it and sold it for 330, mm -hmm. quite a bit more than the 200. Sure. And, you know, it was a wild roll, roller coaster ride there, but we did pretty well. You know, the other thing to, to remember too is that when you purchase a home, is yes it's an asset but it's not like a stock right you get to actually use it you live there you create memories there you get value by staying there right so when you when you buy real estate i think a lot of people are just so nervous they're looking at at only the the numbers behind everything and there is so much more to a home than than just numbers um you know your quality of life comes into the the property that you buy right right is it the right size is it in the right location i mean there's uh, like i said earlier there's literally a million different factors that go into it so i would encourage a lot of our listeners out there to don't look at buying real estate purely from a financial standpoint because you have life changes uh that come up that that uh you know, the type of home that you buy is, is extremely important. So, and I heard a good one recently, you buy a home either, either for the reasons or for the numbers. Yeah. If you're an investor, maybe focus on the numbers. Of course. If you're a first time buyer or a family buying to use it, buy it for the reasons. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. We are going to go to an, another commercial break, but when we get back, we're going to talk about a new tool that buyers can use. Uh, so stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 KYNO. 
Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and here in the studio is Rick Tomasello, uh, chair of the Fresno Multiple Listing Service and also general manager at Realty Concepts, which I guess technically makes you my boss. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> We don't got to go that far. I like to think we've got a good working relationship where we don't uh, put those those barriers, uh, those walls up. All right. <laughs> um, this is something you and I talked about earlier in the week, and I, I thought, man, this would be a great topic on the show. Sure. And that is, what is the value of a real estate agent to a buyer? Yeah. So. When a buyer starts working with an agent, mm -hmm. what value do they get? What should they expect? Yeah. And um, keep in mind, we only have a half hour left on the yeah, show. Yeah, right. It's like, okay, how much time we got here, Don? So I'll say, first off, in a nutshell, um, you know, having an agent means that you're going to have a you're going to have a professional advisor who can help develop and execute a game plan on trying to accomplish whatever goal you're trying to you're trying to accomplish right so kind of the first things first is whenever you meet with a realtor is you should go over hey why are you buying for what reasons and what are we trying to pull off here right you know, and like I mentioned pr previously, buyers buy for different reasons and a, a good agent will advise different buyers differently. Um, you know, and, and also what comes along with that is educate is uh, educating the buyer, um, you know, first off on the importance of home ownership, but educating the buyer on current market conditions for the property that they are most interested in. You know, like how you let off the show. You can't look at national weather stats to to know whether or not I, I should wear a, a jacket today here in Fresno, right? Depending on what you're wanting to purchase, you really should uh, be looking at what's happening in that individual neighborhood or zip code or uh, the smaller uh, the smaller vantage point there. So. Um, other things that agents will do for you is, yeah, you know, I think this is probably where public perception is where we help the most. And quite frankly, over time, this has changed drastically. And that's finding the home. Um, today, I see finding the home more as a group effort between the agent and the buyer. Yes, the agent does provide value. They give you tools, you know, different apps that you can search for properties on different client portals that we can set you up on. Realtors, you know, once we have a pretty good idea of what you're looking for, we can also start previewing homes of what you're looking for, ultimately saving buyers time, energy, gas, money, uh, because we can knock out the ones that we already know that you're not gonna like. Um, so I, I would say this is all pre-transactional stuff that an agent can do uh, can do for you. And what a lot of agents are doing today are they're doing buyer consultation appointments where they're not only setting up all those search portals and all that, but a lot of good agents are putting purchase agreements in front of a buyer 
very early on in the process and educating a buyer, hey, when it when it's when it's game time and we want to make an offer on a house, this is the offer form that we're going to use, right? And there's a whole lot more into it than just price, right? We're, there's, we're negotiating time lengths, we're negotiating contingencies. There's a lot of details that, that go through it. I sure, know. and just time is something that has to fit the buyer and the seller. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll say this, when I first started real estate, our purchase agreement was 10 pages. Now we're up to 16 pages. And, uh, you know, I'd say, un, you know, living here in the great state of California, uh, unfortunately, we've become pretty litigious in nature. So one of an age as a buyer's agent, what our, you know, goals is, is to make sure that the buyer can perform to all of the terms that we wrote in that original offer, right? Um, because if we don't, if the buyer does not perform in, in, in these transactions, it could cost the buyer the house, it could cost them their deposit. And you know what we gotta remember is that for the vast majority of consumers out there, when you purchase real property, that's one of the largest financial transactions that you're making in your entire, in your life, right? So I think it's extremely important to have a professional uh, be able to walk you through that entire process because the last thing you wanna do is lose a deposit or, or lose your dream house uh, because you were not in position to perform to the offer that you actually made. And especially in the last few years where we've had multiple offers. Yeah, right. I mean, it takes some expertise to craft a competitive, acceptable offer. 1,000%, right? Because you're not the only one who wants that house, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of buyers are getting very creative in the offers that they're writing. You know, they're either, you know, lowering contingency lengths or potentially removing contingencies altogether. Um, and, and it's just very important that a buyer understands what each contingency is really talking about. Right. Um, so this this is where a buyer's agent comes into place that where they can properly advise you on, hey, we not, we might not want to remove that appraisal contingency. We might not want to remove that physical inspection contingency. Maybe we can shorten the time frame for removal of it, but maybe we don't want to remove it all together with our offer. Most consumers, buyers, you know, are, are not aware of all of these terms in a real estate transaction. So mm -hmm. uh, ha having a real estate agent guide you through this process, because how you write that offer could, could determine whether or not you're gonna get that offer accepted, right? So we better be prepared to live up to the offer that we make or else. There's a song out there that I've always liked called Keep It Between the Lines. And when it comes to creativity, like you were talking about, mm -hmm. this is value in, in a buyer's agent too. Mm -hmm. Yes, you gotta be creative to make your offer good and better than the other one, but also have to know when you've gone past those lines yeah. and, and say, we better draw it back, which is kind of what you were saying. Yeah. You know, we, let's not remove that 
appraisal contingency. Right. You know, you start removing safety nets and well, that's exactly what you're doing. You're removing safety nets. So, you know, conversations should be taking place to determine whether or not that's it's prudent for what the buyer is trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. You know, other things of what the value of having a buyer's agent, um, you know, interpreting inspections, interpreting disclosures, you know, in, in the middle of a transaction. I, you know, I tell every single one of our agents at Realty Concepts, it, pretty much in every single real estate transaction out there, there is going to be a problem that pops up every, every last time. And guess what? The problems are always different from escrow to escrow. It's always different, right? I'm at the point now where... Um, you know, being a manager, a realty concept, I'm never surprised at what comes across my desk because we get thrown curveballs left and right. Right. Um, so what, as an agent, what I kind of train all of us are is, Hey, we're firefighters uh, out there, right? We're trying to put these little fires out to ultimately achieve what we were originally out there to to accomplish. Right. Um, so being able to assess the problems that come up, provide solutions, uh, to these problems and provide options for what the buyers can or cannot do is extremely important. Um, so it, you know, it really helps having an agent right there by your side to, to walk through this stuff. And a a good buyer's agent can help prioritize the important things in a transaction Um, and I'll give the example of maybe the home inspector points out that there are no GFCI outlets however that's a uh, quantifiable fix Um, whereas maybe that home without the GFCI is in the perfect location the perfect size those are not things you can change very easily. So maybe by helping to prioritize and say, well, here, these GFCIs can be fixed for several hundred dollars or installed for several hundred dollars, whereas your alternative is go buy a newer home, smaller lot, different location. I'd say the agent totally helps evaluate the pros and cons of each individual property as it as it adheres to you know what the buyer is actually looking for um so yes um and and also we're there to you know when it's due um to reaffirm with the buyer that they are making a good decision uh or or perhaps to reaffirm that yeah maybe we should pull hit the abort button on this house and let's go find something else Mm -hmm. um which that does happen a lot yeah I, i hope people don't think of real estate agents is just being pushy salespeople that oh, just want the sale. Yeah. Um, Cause there's so many times where, yeah, I help push the abort button. A good agent should never, ever, ever try to sell you on one individual house ever. Right. I, I'm not just trying to sell you one house, right? What realtors do, how realtors turn this into a career is, is you got to do good good work for your buyers, right? I'm not just trying to sell you this one house. I'm trying to become your realtor for life and and not just your realtor. I'm trying to be your family's realtor, your friend's realtor, your coworker's realtor for life. 
So that way, when we go out and we look at a home, I'm going to give you my honest opinion, whether it be good or bad, because again, you know, I, I want to make sure you always come back to me for all of your real estate needs. So that's another reason to be working with a buyer's agent is because at the end of the day, we are looking out for your best interest in, in all this. Um, and, and, you know, another big thing, a, a source of value for, uh, for, uh, for a buyer's agent is just providing the emotional support, the encouragement. We're a sounding board for, uh, for buyers out there because, you know, I can tell you uh, in real estate, it's not all sunshine and rainbows, right? Mm-hmm. Problems will come up. Your dream house might come up. You might make an offer. You might not get it. You might be devastated. You might not think buying a house is for you right? You need that sounding board to vent, right? And you need that professional who can kind of get you back up on that horse and remind you of what your original goal was. Um, Again, in order to, to purchasing real property to help you get there. What happens after the sale, that that post sale? Uh, Where does the buyer's agent come in there? Totally, it's it's almost like full circle here. Yeah, you know, we're there to, to, you know, provide support if you need help or, you know, any vendors on the house, absolutely, we can help you with. Um, but most importantly, to bring it back full circle, it, it goes back to the education point of it. Um, what I think a good buyer's agent should do is is forever and always stay in contact with you, and they should be giving you new data, statistical data in the future, hey, keep you abreast of what's selling in your neighborhood. So that way you can make educated decisions on whether, hey, you know, it might be a, a smart move to sell that house five, 10 years from now, right? Mm-hmm. It's important for that homeowner to be aware of what's going on in that market of their neighborhood. So that way they can make educated decisions in the future. Or, and this happens a lot, as you get mail, the buyer gets mail, uh, knowing what's important, what yeah. isn't important. Uh-huh. I, I, all in the same week, I had one saying, hey, what's this? It's a supplemental tax bill. Mm. And even though it was in on the contract, it was all there, I re-explained it. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Now, I remember you explaining that now. Yeah. So all was good. Yeah. But in that same week, I got a call from another buyer who said, hey, what's this? I goes, you don't need it. It's just a, an advertisement where they made it look like an official county document. Yeah, pay, pay, pay $80 and we'll send you a copy of your grant deed. You know, exactly. We, yeah, we see stuff like that. I said, hey, here, I'll get it for you for free. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So, all right. So with that thought, we're going to our next commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 KYNO. Well, it's bright and American heart, and it's time we stand and say that I'm proud to be an American. Where at least I know well, welcome I'll back be. to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and Rick Tomasello's here helping me out today and doing a fine job. We talked about in the last segment the value of a real estate agent to a buyer. Mm-hmm. And that brings us now to a new topic, which there's kind of a new tool floating out there called the buyer broker agreement. Mm -hmm. 
Tell us about that, Rick. Yeah, buyer uh, buyer representation agreement. Basically, just how realtors can list sellers. Well, now realtors can list buyers. Uh, uh, you know, and a lot of times agents will do this. You know, they bring this up in that buyer consultation appointment, which is which is important. But the realtor can go over all of the things that they're going to do for that buyer, right? It allows the realtor to really bring forth their value proposition, all the things that we spoke about in that last segment, right? Um, what that buyer broker agreement will say is that in exchange for all of the things that the realtor is going to do, the buyer can pay a commission to the agent for providing all of these services. Now, I know what buyers are thinking, hey, don't fret just yet. The good news is, buyers, is there's a paragraph that's in that agreement that says whatever dollar amount we get from another source, like say uh, we look at a listing that was on MLS and MLS offered X percent commission, that commission goes towards the amount that the buyer was is contracted to pay us, right? Um, and kind of stemming, you know, wh where is this all kind of stemming from? Is that you know at at a national level, um, there are some lawsuits that are that are right around the corner here that are about to be heard, uh, talking about. NARS, National Association of Realtors, participation policy. So, um, you know, it's being alleged that 0% commissions on MLS was a violation of NAR policy. Well, that's going to be tried here in, in shortly. But what we might see in the future might, I, you know, I'm not uh, convinced that this is the best way for sellers to market their, their listings for sale. But it is possible that on our multiple listing service, we might have listings that are offering zero compensation to a buyer's agent. Okay. Now, if that's the case, well, all the services, everything that we did for that buyer up to that point, well, you know, at that point, we might be working for nothing. Now, again, buyers don't fret, okay, because in our purchase agreement, it makes it very easy for us to include your buyer's agent's compensation in with your offer, okay? Um, so, uh, again, that buyer representation agreement, what it really does is it sets the framework for what work is the realtor going to do for you from the earliest point possible, right? What, what we want to do is add transparency to this whole kind of elephant in the room. How do we get paid? How much are you getting paid? Kind of what the whole idea behind it is we want to get it completely out in the open as soon as possible. Okay. And I, I think this is actually great for buyers who are out there because it allows you the opportunity to sit down with different agents and figure out which, which agent you want to work with, which agent is going to bring the best value to you to help you accomplish your goals. All right. So when you say a buyer can be an agent can list a buyer just as an agent can list a seller, mm -hmm. what you really mean is going into contract. So that buyer is making a contract with that agent Correct. that I will 
buy my home through you. Correct. For Correct. this period of time, I'm going to make sure you get paid X amount of dollars. Yep. Any money that you get from other sources, such as seller compensation, mm -hmm. would be counted as a credit. We'll get applied towards, towards that. Correct. All right. So in theory doesn't sound bad no and and the agents got to live up to their part of the bargain in all this too there there are paragraphs in there that talk about both sides ability to cancel that agreement just because a buyer signs that agreement does not necessarily mean you're locked into that agent for life the agent needs to hold their end of the bargain as well so um yeah at at the end of the day it makes it clearer as to what the agents bring into the table. And as we talked previously on the show, how, Im how important it is for the buyer to have that, that representation. So what if you're a month, two months into this and the relationship just isn't working out? Yeah. What, uh, and let's say there's another month or two left on, on the agreement. What happens? Well, a couple of different things. I mean, again, if we look at that agreement, if 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 the agent isn't living up to their part of the bargain, the the agent isn't showing you properties, sending you properties to look at. Um, it, there are cancellation rights in there. Um, you know, both parties can also mutually agree to in the contract as well. Um, so there's there's different options. It would really be a case by case basis. Okay, and I guess the same thing applies to a seller. Yeah. Mutual agreement is always the best way to go. Yeah, 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 but there's also time parameters on there as well. So, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, c case by case. Yeah, and um, you know, I want to touch on this where you mentioned there are some lawsuits at the national level. Yeah. Um, and I think those people really need to think it through a little bit more. They're saying, oh, the buyer's agent is actually being paid for the sell by the seller. Therefore, they're really working for the seller. Yeah. I'm going to tell you this. In my 47 years of doing this, mm -hmm. rarely ever did I know who the seller was to work for him. <laughs> yeah, right. And if my that wasn't the right fit for my buyer, I would show them other houses. That's why it was very common to show a buyer 10, 20 houses yeah. before we actually found one that fit them, despite who the seller was that I didn't even know. Right. So I think um, these people need to so widen I, their focus. Yeah, to They're kinda, focusing on one little thing. Well, to add more context to it, it's like, hey, how realtors most often get compensated right now is that when a seller lists their home for sale with a listing broker, there's a total compensation amount, right? In that agreement, it will say how much of that compensation the listing broker will offer to the buyer's brokerage. Um, and and it, it, they're authorizing the listing broker to put X percent on MLS. What this lawsuit is alleging is that sellers and listing agents will bake that dollar amount into the list price of the home. So now buyers, now they're alleging that buyers are ultimately the ones who were paying for that through the sales price of the house, right? And they're paying for it over the next 30 years with interest and all that jazz. 
Well, kind of what this is a push towards is for buyers to be purchasing or, or paying for their representative in the transaction and the seller to be paying theirs to have a little divorce of how this compensation is actually distributed. Well, what's ultimately going to end up happening there is that decreases the purchasing power of the buyer, right? Because now all of a sudden the buyer has to not only pay their down payment, closing costs, new furniture, moving expenses. Well, there's an added cost in here too, which now I know it's being looked at by Freddie and Fannie Mac to now being able to incorporate that commission amount into their loan, which gets us right back to what they're originally alleging is happening now. So it's... So we're going to go 360 just to just correct to 1%. <laughs> exactly. All right, uh, 30 seconds or less. Give us your best real estate advice, Rick Tomasello. Oh gosh, best real estate advice. Um, you know, like I mentioned earlier, uh, when's the best time to buy? Yesterday. I know you might be scared of what interest payments are today. You might be fearful, but I gotta tell you right now, if you're qualified for it, you're qualified for it. You can, you know, you can afford it, budget. Find a way to make the payment refinance once rates come down and yes they will if you wait to buy prices are only going to go up higher all right thank you rick and thank you to all our listeners for faithfully tuning in and being loyal every saturday from nine to ten we'll be back again next week stay tuned to welcome home radio